listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hello and welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have a guest on the show. We're going to be talking about Instagram. So this is something I've been waiting a while to do. Like as soon as I started this podcast, I knew I wanted to do an episode about Instagram and have this guest. So I'm excited that we could finally organize it. Today, I'm going to be talking to Jamie Jasperson from Basic Girl Teachers, and she has a lot of awesome words of wisdom to share. So let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. How are you today? Good, I'm doing well. I would love it if you could introduce yourself to my audience so they could get to know you a little bit. So tell us a little bit about you and your business. Sure. So I'm Jamie from Basic Girl Teaches, and my business started as a Teachers Pay Teachers store with resources for upper elementary math teachers. And over the years of running my business, it's grown and evolved. And a large part of my business now is supporting other teacher business owners and using Instagram effectively. So I do a lot of coaching and have products and things like that. But my passion and love is about helping people be able to connect with their own audiences and using Instagram as the tool to do that. Yeah, I think I love that about you is that's always the message that I get when I'm on your Instagram account is you're always sharing these really awesome posts about connection and building relationships and like, you know, like you have that really good one where you're like, I'm not on here to be famous kind of thing. All that stuff. I love it because I feel like that's the opposite of what I'm seeing from other people. And it's just like, it's more real and it's more down to earth. And I really like that that's your approach. So I'm hoping we can chat about that today. That would be really awesome. Oh, my first question is actually, I wanted to ask about creating quality content. So it's, it's really easy on Instagram to kind of come at it from a really salesy approach and just sharing like TPT covers and products and stuff when really I know that we should be providing more value. So I'd love it if you could give some tips and advice about creating quality content, which is obviously like the main thing we need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like that buzzword of like value or quality content, like you hear that a lot and people are like, what does that even mean though? Like what is valuable content? So I just like to replace that word with free advice. When you're creating valuable content, what you're doing is giving people free advice and you're really setting yourself up as an expert. And if experts like a word you don't like to use for yourself, think like leader or mentor or guide, but really view yourself as an expert in your niche and be willing to share that. What happens then is people know you're someone that they can trust. And so they think, oh, that's the person I can go to for that topic. Like, for example, in my own brand, I want people to be able to say, oh, I need help with Instagram. Jamie's the person I can go to. So they know that I know what I'm talking about. I have advice that works and that I'm there to support them. I'm kind of giving them that information. So like examples of value content is any type of thing like tutorials or tips or how to content, that kind of thing. But it can also be like inspiration, encouragement, support. So I like to think of it as like similar to purposes for writing. Like if you teach writing, like purposes of writing are to entertain and to inform and to persuade. It's the same with your Instagram content. You're writing stuff that's going to entertain your audience. You're going to inform them and support them and show them that you're a leader. And then you're going to persuade them to purchase from you. And you kind of shift between those purposes based on your goals. 
Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think you can choose. Some people like to just do one. They like to be the, like the educational how to, I'm going to teach you kind of person. And another person might be the one that's sharing all the memes and the humor and the, and the entertaining. But you can also just switch between them. I love that. You can have like a post one day that is inspirational quote and the next day it's a teaching tip or hack. And like you can shake it up. But either way, you want to be helping people, like you said, with like free advice so that you're serving them and not just trying to sell all the time which is is tricky it's like a a really hard balance to strike I don't know if you've ever struggled with that before (laughs) (laughs) definitely well because there comes this thing too of like I I say this often if you don't ever sell anything no one's ever going to buy anything so like there is also a balance of people have to know you have something to sell if you want them to purchase from you so I mean that is an important balance to find and I find for myself the longer I've been on Instagram the easier it is for me to kind of feel where does that balance work for me but I like what you said about focusing on helping that you want your audience to know really they can trust you like you're going to be able to provide them information that works And that is what makes it feel less salesy. If I'm talking about, Hey, I know you have this problem. Like it's back to school time. I know you have a lot going on at back to school time. And let's say my niche is upper elementary math. And maybe you're trying to set up your math routine. I can help you. And I have this resource that can help you. And then here's the resource. Let me show it to you. Let me talk about how it works. Let me talk about how it supports you. And now you're like, I have to have this. It solves my problem. And you're like, good news. You can buy it for me. That approach is totally different than you just throwing a product cover on your Instagram account and saying like, Hey, buy this for me. Right. It's the messaging around it. Not necessarily like the content. Yes. So many good things you just said there. It's so true that you, the whole point of it is that you, you know, well, not the whole point of it, but you, you might want to sell and that's okay. If you want to have an Instagram account and you want to make money at some point for your business, like that's okay. That might be one of your goals. And so if you just provide like memes nonstop, you're never really going to ever make any money. So the balance is so tricky, but I kind of think a good way to think of it is like kind of like the 80, 20 rule or like where the majority, I guess is value maybe, and, and not the majority is just salesy stuff. And then even within that, when you do that post every now and then where you're talking about a product, I like how you're saying, don't just like throw the product up and say like, you know, link in bio or whatever, actually say, or do you have this problem? That is so, so powerful. I really love that. (laughs) Yeah. Focusing on being a problem solver and like that balance comes at different times. Like if I'm in the middle of promoting like back to school season, people have a lot of needs and they feel like that's a good time to be maybe a little bit more promotional, focus a lot more on your products. And then maybe other times of the year, you focus more on value. Like you get to make that balance based on what your goals are. Yeah. I think this segues perfectly into my next question. Cause I was going to ask you for some tips on writing captions. So I guess we can dive into talking about copy a little bit. A lot of people might have this beautiful photo. They want to share it, but they just have no idea literally what to type underneath it. So <laughs> could you give us some tips there? That would be great. Yeah, totally. There's so many different ways to set up a caption. There's a lot of different approaches. And I think it's good to get comfortable with your own voice and figure out what you sound like, because then it becomes part of your brand, that message that you share. One thing that I often tell my clients to do is just record themselves talking. So just like open up a text-to-speech app or a video and just record yourself talking and then read what it looks like when you talk. So you can be familiar with what does my voice look like conversationally? Because sometimes, especially as educators in our writing, we tend to be a little more academic or maybe a little more professional. That's the type of writing we're comfortable with, but you want social media content to be much more casual. And so if you can just get familiar with what does your casual written language look like, that can help you be more comfortable. Then when it comes to actually planning your caption, there's three main parts of a caption. So you want a hook at the beginning, 
than the actual body of your caption and a call to action. And I like to kind of mix and match those a little bit. So so what I tell people is like, you can write a bunch of hooks and a bunch of calls to action, and then just mix and match them with the body of it. You don't have to sit down and like start from scratch every time. So something that's going to capture attention, make people keep reading then tell a story, give advice, share your tips. That's going to be the body of the caption. And then some kind of call to action, something that your audience is going to do. Yeah. Pretty much anything other than just saying, this is my math center's link in bio, get it on TPT. Like pretty much anything that's not that is is usually good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so like, let's take that for example, if that's your caption, here's my math centers, go to my bio to purchase. Like you could turn that into something different. You could start with a question. This is the one I think is the easiest. Like if you're stuck with captions, the easiest formula, I call it a question sandwich. So start with a question. So maybe you say like, how do you set up math routines in your classroom? Or maybe you say, have you ever struggled with math centers? Then in the actual body of the caption, you're like, I used to struggle with math centers and here's the routine that I use. So I have a poster that tells the students where to go. I have four colored bins that have all my materials and supplies. And I just change out what's in the bin. So they know like maybe the Fox's group goes to red first, then blue, then green. I have it set up that way. And if you swipe through these pictures, I show you some of those features. Um, tell me what you want to know more about math centers. Now that caption is so focused on the value and people are naturally going to look at that picture and say, oh, I want to know more about this. And then you can tell them like, guess what? You can buy it from me. Instead of just being like, go make the purchase because people scroll past that. It doesn't make them stop scrolling. I think one of the biggest things I'm really trying to do, and I've heard a lot of advice about this, is about really tapping into people's emotions because people don't really buy just because like they don't, they don't really just want to buy something. They're not like, I'm going to turn on my phone, go onto Instagram because I want to buy a TPT product today. They usually just want to get on there and connect with people and stuff. And then they see this post in this caption where you really hit on the pain points of like an emotional thing. And you say like, are you struggling with this? And then they're thinking to themselves like, oh my goodness, yes, that is such a pain point for me. And it hits that emotional response. And then they feel more inclined to actually like solve that problem with you with the product that you're providing it's, it's not just like buy from me buy from me so I think the emotions is really important I don't know if you agree with that as well yeah I totally do like people don't make purchases you know just like on a whim or at random they're really trying to buy things that are going to add value to their life that are going to solve their problems that meet their needs and so you can use your captions as the way to showcase hey I solve problems I meet needs I can help you you can also use your captions to say like Hey, I know how you feel. I relate to you. I've been there. You know, the cool thing about this business is usually like you're part of your own target audience. Like if your products are for kindergarten teachers, it's probably because you are or were a kindergarten teacher. So you have that kind of shared experience with your audience. Yeah. I think that builds that no like trust factor as well. If you feel like you're in the trenches with them and you're like, Hey, well, I had that problem too. So that's really good. And the other thing I think this ties into really well is is selling the experience or the emotion or the pain point more than the features. You know, like people are always saying, oh, it has 20 worksheets. It's got two graphic organizers. Like it, you know, it's whatever. They just kind of list all the features of the product, but the buyer doesn't really, I mean, they might look at that later when they're deciding to purchase on TBT, but that's not what's going to push them over the edge. They want to know like how this is going to make their lives better. I think that's the approach we should go with is, is not just listing features, but actually like talking about the emotions and the problems and stuff. So that's definitely something I would like, I think is really important. And I would actually love next to chat about hashtags if you're okay with that. So hit us up with some tips for what to do next, because like we've just heard recently, I don't know if you've heard this about Instagram talking about hashtags now being in the caption. So I guess this ties in well with captions. 
Yeah, totally. I do want to say, I love what you just barely said about you're helping people make their lives better um, and not just giving them cool features. I think like when you can have that approach to Instagram marketing, when you're focused on, I know this person, I care about them. I want to make their life better. Like that transforms how you feel about your content and your audience will feel that too. But yeah, let's talk about hashtags. (laughs) So if people aren't familiar, hashtags are basically a keyword strategy. It's really similar to SEO that you might be familiar with or keyword research in other platforms. It's just a way of adding that to Instagram. And there are a few different ways that hashtags help you. So like just a basic overview, the main reason why you want to use hashtags is because it shows Instagram what your content is about. And so the algorithm is going to look at that to make decisions about how your content is shown to other people. You don't have to use hashtags. It's just like an extra boost to be able to, you know, just like SEO research, you don't have to do SEO research before you write a product description, but it can give you an extra boost for how you show up in search. So the announcement recently from Instagram was talking about how do posts show up in search. And they made a clarification that search is different from explore, which I think people might not be familiar with. Mm -hmm. So search is when you actually type something in the search bar and what results come up. So you click on the magnifying glass at the bottom that opens the explore page. And it automatically, if you don't type anything, it just has posts there in explore. And those are things that Instagram predicts that you might be interested in based on your personal activity. And then if you type in the search bar, results will come up there and that's what they're calling search. So the head of Instagram recently said that in order for hashtags on your content to show up in search, so that's if someone types that keyword, then you have to put those hashtags in the caption, not in a comment, but hashtags in the comments will still show up and explore. So I think really it's pretty new that they've shared this information. And my recommendation always when Instagram shares new information is just experiment, just try it out and see how it works for you. Does it make a difference for you? And maybe do some in the caption and some in the comment then just kind of have to decide based on your own data, what's going to work for you. Myself personally, I'm probably going to start putting some in the caption and see what happens. And when I experiment, I like to make a change and like stick with it for a few weeks. So maybe I'll put all my hashtags in the caption for like three weeks and see if that changes my data and then go back to doing it in comments for a few weeks and see how that changes, you know, but yeah, that's a little bit about hashtags. What else do you want to know about that? (laughs) I get, oh no, that's really great. Thank you for clarifying. I guess I feel like some people that are really, really new to Instagram, they just have no idea what to type. Like what is considered a good strategy for hashtags? Is there too many, not enough? Should we go for big ones, small ones? Should it be too niche, not niche enough? Like, you know, there's, I, I feel like there is a good and, and a bad way to do it. And I think, you know, if you go for really like niche hashtags that like you're a kindergarten teacher and you're going for these kindergarten hashtags and you change them up each time and you really research them that might work a bit better than just being like hashtag tpt every time so that's kind of what i feel i've noticed but i'd love to know more about what you think we should be doing when we actually choose them Yeah, great question. So I do recommend doing hashtag research at least once a month so that you are finding new hashtags. And I organize them in a document. I just call it my hashtag database. And I just like do that research and do that in a few different ways. But you said a few really good things. So um, before you even start with your hashtags, you need to have really good content because it doesn't matter how good your hashtags are. If your content isn't good, which means people aren't engaging with it or people aren't interested, it's not going to show up anyway. So if you're getting really stuck in hashtags and you're kind of blaming that for the reason why your content isn't performing, I would say stop with the hashtags. 
Like don't even use them and really dig into creating good content because good content will perform no matter what. I'll just use an example. I work with a few clients to help them manage their social media. And one of my clients, they have about 5,000 followers and we don't use any hashtags on their content. And they usually get about 2,000 um, interactions per post. Sometimes their posts are reaching like hundreds of thousands of people, no hashtags. The reason why is because their content really, really resonates with their audience. And what they're posting about doesn't matter because they're a totally different niche from all these people. But the strategy is they know exactly what their audience wants and they're posting what their audience wants. Now they've been doing this for a long time. This isn't like new for their business. So when you're starting and you're like, wow, that's amazing results. Understand you have to do it for like 10 years to get that level of strategy. But what I want people to know is like the hashtags help. They aren't essential. It's the quality content that matters. However, using hashtags can totally help. So a few things about finding hashtags in general, I think it's a good idea to have hashtags that have less than 500,000 lifetime posts, like have most of your hashtags be in that range, probably hashtags that have more than 10,000. So like between 10,000 and 500,000 lifetime posts. Um, And if you're wondering how many they have, you can just search the hashtag and it'll show you that little number. And then you want to balance, you want some hashtags that are really niche for your audience. So like if you're a kindergarten teacher, having ones that are like kindergarten teacher, kindergarten teacher life, like those kinds of hashtags. And then you want some also that are more generic, but still related to your audience, like teacher or like teacher blogger. But if you're marketing to teachers, you don't really need to put like TPT or like Instagram hack if that's not for your audience, you know? So you kind of get that blend. And then again, always my advice is experiment, see what works for you. If it's working, keep doing it. And if it's not make a change. Yeah. I just don't, I think people wish there was like this one size fits all black and white. Here's what you need to do. Use these exact hashtags on this day, this time with this many, but like, it doesn't really work like that. It's, it's more just a big game of experimenting and it's right. so individual <laughs> to you as well. Like what, what works for you might not work for me and doesn't work for Sally. Like it, it completely varies. And I just think you have to accept, I suppose it's not always going to be easy. <laughs> I always think of it like, it's just like teaching, like what works for one student doesn't work for another student. So just approach your Instagram account with the same level of analysis of like, okay, I'm going to collect data and figure out how it works. Just like I would do supporting a student. And then it feels less like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. And more like, I totally have skills that work in this area. Yeah. I think a good strategy, and I wish I was more organized with this, is I have like that little thing in my phone where you can like type the text replacement, where you type like a number or letter, and then it brings up the group of hashtags. And if I need to make the effort to do this, but like it's sorting them out and you can have it on your notes app and you can have like, these ones are classroom decor hashtags. These are kindergarten hashtags that you can be really organized. It just takes that little bit of time to research it and make the effort, I suppose. I think that it can be worth it. I think, I guess like you said, setting a a little bit of time each month, I guess is a really good idea. I just do like, I analyze my data every month for my Instagram account. So I just pair that with it. I'm like, I already have a set time that I'm going to do this. I'm going to research some hashtags at this time. Then it's like in my routine and that I make sure I do it. And I'm just like, I'm just going to search for like 15 more hashtags today. And then my database just keeps growing. Yeah. That's awesome. You seem really organized with it. You're inspiring to me. (laughs) (laughs) I may have fooled you, but I'm glad it seems that way. I would love next to talk about this. Yeah. This thing that's a really big hallmark of your brand. So building relationships and making those connections because, um, and also engaging with other people too, I guess, not just sitting there and posting and then ghosting, I suppose. So tell us a little bit about your views on that. Cause that's something I know you're really passionate about and it can be really powerful. 
Yeah. Thank you. So this is a really big belief for me. And like throughout my life, this common theme, this core value of connection and relationships. And I have found that Instagram is the perfect place to make this happen for your business, being able to really connect with your audience. And I use the word connect really intentionally instead of community. I think a lot of people get into this idea of like, I'm building an Instagram community, but you're really not because in a community, people talk to each other and they're connecting with each other and people don't come to your Instagram account to talk to each other. They come to your Instagram account to talk to you. And so you don't have to facilitate conversation on Instagram. You want people to be connecting with you. They want to know who you are. And if they want to know who someone else is, they'll go to that person's account. And I think that that kind of perspective is this is the platform where people are getting to know you and where you're able to help other people. And that mindset like transforms your approach to Instagram, because now you're not showing up and trying to like find the right customer. You're not showing up and trying to make a million dollars. You're just showing up and you're making relationships with people. And Instagram is the place where you're doing that. So a huge part of that for me is the way that I spend my time on Instagram. And I spend a lot of time on Instagram in my messages. The bigger your account gets, the more messages you get. I'm sure you've observed that for yourself. And I've made it a real priority to have those conversations with people. These are people who want to talk to me. This is the perfect place for me to talk to them. And I found that for me, that makes me feel the happiest because then I feel like I'm talking to people, I'm connecting with people, I'm having conversations, and it is also bringing results for my business. But that approach just kind of shifts your planning. So you're not showing up and saying, what do I want to talk about today? Or what do I want to promote today? And instead you're saying, what does my audience need today? How can I help them? And that kind of changes the way you approach your content and how you plan it. I think intention is like the word I've got in my head right now, the whole time you were talking, it's like how you approach Instagram and what's your intention. And if you're just on there to share a TPT product that day and be kind of salesy, that's, I think that does kind of come across and people can sense that. But if you're coming on with the intention to help people and serve people, or you're on there because you want to connect with them, like with messages and stuff, they can tell. And I think they connect with you a little bit more as well. Um, and I, I do kind of know this because I've got two accounts and I've done very, two very different approaches on them. And the one that is more successful is the one where I was doing more connection over just selling, I suppose. So I feel like I know it works. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely works, but it's really a change in perspective. And honestly, you have to let go of all those things. Maybe you believed about Instagram because it's so easy to get caught up in the numbers and see somebody else and be like, Oh my gosh, they have so many followers. How did they do that? It doesn't matter how they did that. Their audience is different from yours. So instead you got to figure out what does my audience need and how can I support them? And then truly, no matter how many followers you have, if you're connecting with those people, you're or providing value, it's working for you. Yeah. I think you, there's a misconception that you need to have like this big account with like tens of thousands of followers to be super successful. But I actually kind of, I have like a reasonably small account compared to these people with hundreds of thousands of people. And I actually really enjoy the, like the little community and connection that I do have going on there. And it's, it's a little bit more manageable as well. I think I talked about this the other day. I was like, do you think, you know, we all aim, we want to have this giant account, but can we actually manage that? Like you said, the bigger your account gets, the more messages you're going to get, the more pressure there is. So like, in a way I kind of, I'm enjoying where I'm at and I'm, I, I wish everybody else was feeling that comfortable. I know when you first start, I felt that way too. You just feel like you just want to grow. You want to grow and you don't really enjoy where you are at the moment, which is kind of sad. I think. I totally agree. Like if I could do it again, I would really like, you know, invest that time with your first hundred followers. Getting to a hundred is relatively easy. Like it happens 
without you having to do a lot. And then from a hundred to a thousand, it's kind of like a lot more work. And then from a thousand to 5,000 and then like from there, like there's kind of those different steps. And if you're really focusing on those relationships, you get to know those people, but I totally agree with you. Like often people are like, I wish I had 10,000 followers. I'm like, think about though, if you woke up tomorrow and you had 10,000 followers, would you know how to deal with all those messages? Would you know how to keep up with all those comments? Do you have a system for, for, for providing value? So those people stick around. Do you know what all those people need? Like if you're learning as you grow and you can accommodate the needs of your audience at different stages and your business shifts with that so much more valuable than just suddenly getting 10,000 followers from five giveaways, you know, like you don't have the systems in place to support that type of community connection with your audience, you know? And the other thing as well, I think we can both agree on, and this would be that you don't need to have that big audience in order to actually grow your business. People seem to think that you must have 10,000 followers in order to make money from Instagram. But like, you know, we've both got accounts and we run businesses and we don't need that many followers in order to make money. Like we're both evidence of that. So I like to say that to people. I'm like, hey, look, I don't have 20,000 followers. I still run a business. I still make money from Instagram. Like it's possible. And I think people just don't talk about that enough. They just see what's on there and they just see these really big TPT sellers who make lots of money and just assume it must be because of a number on their profile. But really you've got to know how to sell. And if you can't do that with a small following, why would you suddenly be able to do that with 10,000? You know what I mean? Like obviously having yeah. more followers is good in, in having more people to reach, but if you can't reach the 2000 you have now, you won't be able to reach 4,000. It's not really that different, really. You've got to be able to know how to market to them and engage with them, I suppose. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel the same as you. Like I am totally happy with the audience that I have. I'm happy if it grows and I want it to keep growing, but I don't need it to grow at a certain rate because I'm serving those people. I am running a successful business and I don't have to like prove it to anybody. Like some people I think feel like, oh, but if I have 10,000 followers, it's proof that I have a successful business, but who cares? Like nobody needs to know, but me it's successful by my own standards and it's totally working. And I'm able to invest in the audience that I have so I can, you know, get there when I get there or not. And it's fine with me. And any day, any day, I would rather be at the stage I'm at now where like with a smaller number, we're actually making money than be, I know there's some people out there that have these really massive followings and they're not really making any money. So it, in my view anyway, like what's more important to you? Is it just the number that other people see or you actually growing your own business and the people you've connected with, like, I think those are a bit more important, but it takes a while to learn that. I appreciate it. I mean, I didn't know that when I first started, I had all those different oh. views. Yeah, <laughs> you know, me you <laughs> It takes that adjustment. And that's why I talk about it so much truly, because I think people don't talk about it enough. You can find tons of information out there about hacks and about how to grow fast. Like truly, if you're like, Jamie, I want 10,000 followers next week. Okay. Do one huge giveaway every day. You will get to 10,000 followers in two weeks. If that is your only goal, that's how you'll get there. It will totally work, but that might not be your actual goal. Like if you get down to it, why do you want that many followers? What's the real goal? Because getting to those other goals, like maybe you want to make a certain income amount. Maybe you want to connect with a certain number of people. Maybe you want to affect these kinds of classrooms, or you want to promote this product those goals don't come fast and people don't talk about that enough. I think. Yeah. That's why I'm so glad we're having this conversation. I feel it's, it's really refreshing and I hope people enjoy listening to it. I do have another thing I want to chat about because we're talking about connections and engagement and relationships. So naturally I feel like we need to talk about stories because that's where it happens. And I, I've been noticing over the last year, I just feel so much like I notice more and more now that 
some of the people I follow, these really, you know, big, successful people, they don't actually post all that often, but they story so much. And they've obviously grown like amazingly well with that. So I kind of feel like stories are really becoming the future of Instagram. They are so much what we're using more every day than we are posting sometimes. So I think it's really powerful. I'd love to know what you think of stories and if you have any tips there. Yeah, of course. So stories are really the place to connect with your current audience. So people who don't follow you yet really aren't watching your stories because they only show up in like the stories feed. That's only people that you follow. So it's really the place for you to connect with your current audience. And just, I like to think of it as like a casual ongoing conversation. I'm just chatting with them about whatever. It doesn't have to be business focused. This is where the relationship happens, where my audience gets to know me, where I get to know them as they reply to my stories. That's like the soul of the relationship. And then my posts, they reach my current followers, but my posts are also a way for me to more like showcase those cornerstone parts of my brand. That's where I'm really like giving like big pieces of value. That's where I'm trying to reach a new audience and those like stay there all the time. But the stories, that's just like my ongoing relationship. I think of it like, you know, going to a holiday dinner with your family. That's like a post. You don't do it that often, but like, it's really meaningful when it happens and your stories, that's like the text that you've been having with your best friend for the last five years. You know, like your conversation (laughs) hasn't stopped because you just keep talking about stuff. That's how your stories go. Now, I wouldn't recommend selling in your stories all the time. You have to build that relationship with your audience. So a few tips for stories, I would say, watch other people's stories and think about how you feel. Like whose stories do you enjoy watching? Who do you connect with? Because that's really going to fit in your own personality. You don't have to be like other people. You're just being yourself and then decide what's going to be comfortable for you. Are you comfortable doing stories when you're not wearing makeup, for example, or are you comfortable doing stories like in your kitchen or when your family's around or do you, what are your preferences? And then just make yourself do it. Like you just have to suck it up and do it. And it gets easier the more you do it. And I always tell people, literally, I posted on stories every day for five years before I stopped being afraid. So you just have to keep showing up and make it happen because it gets easier because you start to get to know people. And so you're not just posting to the void. You're posting to people that you actually know. Yes. And I, I feel like there comes a point where a change happens like this morning where I'm actually excited to go on stories almost. So yeah. like I have something I like today, I was like, I don't even actually have anything that great. I want to say, I just like talking to people. I know that I'll get messages and get to chat to people and it feels like I'm talking to them. And so I actually kind of enjoy that more now. And it's, yeah, it is really powerful. And I think as well, like, I like what you said about looking what other people are doing. I have like three or four people who I watch the stories of every day. If they don't story, I find it really weird. I kind of miss it. And they, some of them are really down to earth and relatable. They're not wearing makeup. They're just chatting about their teaching or their day or their home life and their family. And there's so much no like trust factor that's built there from what you learn about that person. And you're like, you know, their husband's name, you know, their dog's name, whatever. So if they ever did come on there and say, Hey, guess what? I'm selling something. I'm not going to find it super salesy because I really like them and I know them, but it's even like with you, you have that thing where you talk about eating popcorn after school. Like we, <laughs> yeah. do, we, rem- we remember that stuff about people and then it makes us kind of feel like you know them. And then that that's so much easier to sell to someone after that. So stories can actually be really powerful for the connection, but I think stories are also can be a good place if you did want to make sales, like you said, because those people like you and trust you, which is really good. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's totally your comfort level. Like I don't really talk about my family a lot in stories, but that doesn't mean I never show up on stories. Like I still have things to talk about, you know? And I feel the same way. Like I was so excited when I learned about your engagement through stories. Cause I felt like I knew you and I was like, my friends, like, I'm so excited. You know, like these are people that I actually care about. It's not just like random businesses. These are my friends and I watch their stories every day and I reply and we chat. People do the same thing with you. And you know, that's the value of stories is that relationship that you're building. Yeah. Something I'm working on because I'm really consistent with it, but I'm, I don't, sometimes I'm not, I feel like I'm not being personal enough. I'm just like, oh, here's a TPT tip or, you know, my other one, here's a product, but I'm learning that people want, I, I get anxious. I'm like, do people really want to hear about my boring life? But like, weirdly though, you do, you get kind of sucked into people's lives and what's going on. Like we do, we want that connection. We want to hear what's going on with them. So yeah, I'm working on that. Definitely. <laughs> Same. Something I'm really working on is like not sharing my posts to my story. I, because then that's like it, like I put it in my posts and I put it in my stories and I found like the people who are watching my stories are like my top fans. They already saw the post. So like, it's not making a big difference, you know, instead I should just be talking about it. And that's been like a goal of mine. I'm not saying that has to be everybody's goal. Like no one listen to this and then go out and be like, don't share posts anymore. That's not what I'm saying. That's like my own personal goal so that I can like have conversations and not just like reshare the same tips I already said over and over. Exactly. Love that. There's one last thing I wanted to chat about. I feel like this is obviously going to be a big topic everyone wants help with. So let's talk about reels for our final one. Maybe just some tips, I guess, for those people that are just not ready to start yet. They're feeling like it's overwhelming or anxious and like they know they kind of need to do it or they should do it or should try it and they don't. And I guess we can sort of help motivate them and inspire them, let them know it's not actually that tricky and that they should just dive in. (laughs) I'd love some motivation and encouragement there for reels if you could. Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is what I've observed is a lot of times people who are afraid of reels are also people who don't have a consistent content routine. So maybe what's holding you back is you don't know what to talk about with your audience, not reels. And, um, blame's kind of a heavy word here. Like I don't, I don't want people to feel guilty or feel bad. I want you to feel like Instagram's totally doable and you can make it work your way. It doesn't have to look like everybody else, but if the real reason you're not doing it, that was a weird pun. (laughs) The real reason you're not doing reels. (laughs) If the real reason is because you don't know what to talk about, then stop making reels the excuse and just start making content. When you get comfortable and you know what you want to talk about, it's a lot easier to just make it in a reel because you already know what your messaging is. So if that's the bottom line, if the actual reason is you don't know what to talk about with your audience, don't worry about reels. Just worry about figuring out what to talk about with your audience. The next thing I would say is if it's fear of being on camera that's holding you back, then I would start doing a lot of stories. Stories feel safer than reels because it's more casual. They expire. It's just your followers. Usually less people see them. And so that's an easier place to get more comfortable being on camera. And if you can make a story, you can make a reel. Like reels do not have to be complicated or fancy. You're not going to find me dancing. That's not my style, you Same. know, like, but if you can make a story, you can totally make a reel. So like if the reason why you're not doing it is because you're afraid of being on camera, start making stories so you can get more comfortable and then you can start making reels. Then if the reason you're not doing it is because it's too trendy and you're not sure how the trends work or you feel like you're not trendy enough, then I would say stop worrying about the trends and just talk in the real. 
Like it doesn't have to be fancy. It can just be you talking. Any carousel or caption could easily turn into a reel. So if you have an inspirational quote, like let's say your quote is like, you can do hard things. You could literally just sit there, point around your head to like five different words and then write the words. You have a reel. You could take a carousel that's like five tips and then just say those tips in the reel. Like your thing is like five tips for setting up mass stations. Then in the reel, just record yourself saying five tips for setting up mass stations and then go through them and put that same carousel in the caption. So I find those are the three main reasons people aren't doing it. They're not doing it because they don't know what to talk about. We'll stop worrying about it. Just figure out what to talk about and get to reels later. Not doing it because you're not on camera. Start doing stories so you can get comfortable on camera. Not doing it because you're not trendy enough. Don't be trendy. Just be yourself and take content you already have and repurpose that into a reel. Oh, perfect answer. I agree with you so much. I think those hesitancies that people have, if it's like, sometimes it's not showing their face, but they don't want to show their face. They don't feel comfortable. And while they're doing the whole tip you've given, you know, practicing on stories first, they can still make a reel that's not of their face because it can be of their product or their classroom or whatever, something else or some hack or tip that they're, you know, like a product or an object or something, or it doesn't have to literally be your face. And then once you get to that point where you're more comfortable, like you said, it doesn't have to, it honestly does not have to be dancing, jumping, singing, backflipping, these funny transitions like you and I just do ones where we're just talking and like that's fine I think that's what people like will actually learn more anyway if it's just if they're trying to learn something than when there's something flying across the screen anyway (laughs) well and like you need to do what works for your audience reels aren't this magical thing that suddenly makes your account grow like it has to do with your audience so the people that are seeing huge growth from reels are not seeing it because reels are magic. Like, I wish I could just like shout this from the rooftops. Reels are not magical. Like they're not going to solve all your problems. If Instagram's not working for you, suddenly using reels isn't going to make it work for you. The reason why people are seeing huge growth from reels is because it fits into their strategy. They already knew what their audience wanted. They already had an engaged audience. So now they're able to attract more people into that engaged audience. So like, yeah, I totally think reels are valuable for part of your strategy, but don't like sit around and avoid them because you're so afraid and then never post anything, but also don't like put all your hopes on them and think like it's going to save everything for you. It has to fit well with those other pieces of your strategy. Yeah. I see some really great people that like do funny ones, you know, know, or they kind of give like educational kind of tips or advice and stuff like that. And you can tell that that's something that they probably would have done before reels came out. It would have been an actual post, like you said, a carousel or something. They're just doing it in a new format because clearly Instagram is noticing, or we're all noticing that we like video now we like connecting, we like seeing people's faces. So really you're just changing the way that you already did something. And I like how you said, I mean, if you, if you don't know what to talk about, then you need to fix that problem first. And then if you have lots of ideas or you've got lots of previous posts, like just look at what you've already done how can you repurpose that if you've done a video of your product on pinterest maybe you could repurpose it into a reel if you've given tips in a caption or a post about teaching and stuff you could repurpose that and share that in a reel like it doesn't have to be complicated and i think people use it as an excuse like all the technology or the captions and figuring it all out when really they just don't want to do it because you know and they kind of i think it's making excuses so like hopefully i'm not being too harsh here but i've been just being like give it a try <laughs> Yeah, I know. It sounds really harsh, but sometimes you just have to say like, don't blame Instagram for your poor content. And I mean that with a lot of love. I have content that's not always great. I posted something a few weeks ago and it got like 10 likes. I was like, all right, people don't like that. Good to know. I won't do that again. Like you can't take it too personally, but it's not Instagram's fault. 
And it's not really even my fault. It's just a way for me to learn. Okay. My audience isn't interested in that. got to figure out what they are interested in. But if you get caught up too much in being like, oh, it's not going to work for me. Like Instagram is punishing creators or the algorithm doesn't show my stuff. Then that fear kind of stops you from having this great experience. And it doesn't have to, you know, just try it. Just try something new. Yeah. I think you've given such amazing advice. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Before you go though, I would love it if you could share with my audience a little bit about where they can connect with you, learn from you, and we'll pop all that in the show notes. So yeah, let us know where we can find you. Yeah, of course. And thank you for having me. I love chatting with you. We've been friends for a while and have been meaning to do this. We just haven't. So I'm glad we got to chat a little bit. So my business is Basic Girl Teaches and you can find me on Instagram at Basic Girl Teaches. I run a Facebook community called the Teacher Instagram Club, and it's a place for teachers to come and chat about Instagram. And I really share a lot of tips and advice there. So if that's something you're like, I need help right away, come join the group. And I have lots of resources about using Instagram. And if you're feeling stuck with building your Instagram strategy, um, feel free to send me a message on Instagram and we can talk about what I can share with you. That'll help. My biggest resource is my Academy. um, And that's just a membership where I teach people how to build an effective strategy. And then we work together every month to make that strategy work for you. So there's a little bit more about my business. Yeah. And they can start with your profile because you've just got like a a wealth of Of knowledge just in your posts so far that they can just be looking at right now. (laughs) And then absolutely see see from there what else they need to learn. But yeah, go on there first because there's lots of awesome information. But thank you again for joining me. It was really awesome. I'm so glad we finally got around to it because it had been like literally a goal from day one. I was like starting the podcast. I need to do an episode about Instagram at some point. I'm obviously going to obviously have Jamie on and it just never happened. And I'm so glad. (laughs) Only like a casual nine months later, we finally got it done. (laughs) It's those time. Time zones, like they really get you. (laughs) But no, I'm glad we did it. It was fun. Okay. Well, thank you again for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Your action item for this week, I, I encourage you to head on over to Instagram and put into action some of those tips you've received today. So not just like mindlessly scrolling, but actually doing some of the things we talked about. Obviously, check out Jamie's page on Instagram because she's got some Instagram tips there. Uh, my account at Terrific Selling Tactics. I occasionally also share some Instagram tips, but Instagram itself is basically a wealth of knowledge on how to use it. So be sure to do a little bit of digging there and see what information you can find to help you grow. But I hope you have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.